Welcome to the Seacoast Dynasty League Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we discuss the latest news in the NFL, everything that's going on in our league, and why Jake hates cats so much. This is a 2019 Offseason Episode 4. Welcome everyone to the Seacoast Dynasty League Podcast. I'm your host, Giovanni Montenegro. To my right, I have one of the candidates for 2019 Coach of the Year, Jake Beltran, and to my left, I have Francisco Hill joining us from the Beans and Coffee podcast. Not anymore. We are uh, the uh, Fantasy Xers. The, be- the, the Beans and Coffee is like a different podcast I do on the side, talking about different things, everyday life. But the Fantasy Xers, that's the new one, focusing on on uh, fantasy football altogether. Okay, so we sent, we sent them a cease and desist letter, so they had to rebrand, they had to change their whole company name and, uh, and who they were so that, so that we can't uh, prosecute them. It was a huge, giant lawsuit. Um, it was just a lot of paperwork, a lot we, of uh, uh, We decided stuff. to settle. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did we settle? Uh, the six beers you brought and a couple of bags of peanuts? <laughs> Sold, right? <laughs> All right, so we're recording today from Jake's house again. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the audio. We've got a couple things coming up today first things first i know that john tony a couple other guys they, they text me sometimes and they're like hey who is this like who, who's your killing me smalls or who's killer breeze or something like who are these people what like they don't know them so i thought one of the things we could do today since we have francisco with us is just get to know a little bit more about about it because like this is a game when we all play together yeah it's fun but but i think the thing that makes it so fun is the fact that we're brothers and friends first and foremost and so to do that i wanted to get to know a little bit more about you francisco um tell us a little bit about yourself what what do we need to know who is francisco hill el pancho hill <laughs> <laughs> well um what do you want to know um uh you want to know the baptism date and that stuff or like first like, of all like did you grow up around the truth or i grew up in the truth i got baptized in uh june 29th 1996 the first ever uh, uh, convention, I guess, district convention at the time at Jack Murphy Stadium. Oh, Jack, Murphy. Jack Murphy Stadium. Hey, AJ, were you alive in 1996? Uh, uh, no, just a year off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was the first one in San Diego, and it was still a baseball field because the Padres mm. played there. And uh, we played it. We had it in the summer, super hot. But it was there because uh, you know uh, we worked around the Padres schedule. But it was cool. I mean, I've been baptized ever since. Uh, family, uh, I'm married, my wife Blanca and, you know, my son Gio, he's seven. I am not your son. Okay. You're not my son, <laughs> but my wife liked the, the name Giovanni from uh, the soccer player, Giovanni Dos Santos. It's a good name. So she's <laughs> like, oh, I want to name my son Giovanni. So his name is Giovanni Francisco Hill. I, oh, I got the he, middle he, name. He is Francisco. Yeah. Hill. The middle name, middle name. Oh, I got okay. the middle name nice. and, uh, I work at uh Prudential overall supply. It's a, it's a, linen company uniform company and i pick up dirty you stuff in the back room sewing clothes no together. no 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 i am a driver a delivery driver and uh and uh, a sales rep i guess and i drop off clean stuff and pick up dirty stuff and that's that's pretty much what i do Ooh, we got a little competition here because uh ryan works for aramark right 
that's so, true. Oh, that's my that's competition right there. Direct competition. But fight. I'm, I've never ran into Ryan, so Finisher. probably works in a different area. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the South Bay, so no worries. No worries, Ryan. Still All love. Right. You, you've got, it seems like you've got a long history like in the truth. You've got your family. You've grown up here around town. What, what about like your football history? Tell us a little bit about that. Like, uh, well, have, you, have you been fan, into fantasy football forever? Or what? No, uh, I started, well, it's been a while. I started to, we started 2010, more or less. Okay. We started with one league, and then we, me and Jesus created our own league. The pollito con papa, and we've been around. Uh, we've been around for you know 2011. We created our league, and man, that's, we had a good core of guys. We've it's it's been great. We this year we we uh, we evolved to dynasty. We went Ooh, from we corrupted you. Well, we we were we were in that. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we started as a redraft we then from redraft we went to keeper we started keeping two and then three and then four and then we just said you know what let's just keep the whole let's team. let's just keep the whole team and, and this year is the first year we're gonna when we did dynasty we just did our draft a couple weeks ago my team looks solid i mean i'm a beast in that league <laughs> I, told, I told alan that I, I, I wanted to be in i was like hey he told me they were drafting and he was like nah well hey. i don't no that's not that's not even it it's just that we have the same core guys and those guys you know they be it's good we've been we've been together uh we talk a lot of smack and you know allegedly there's D- does jesus get his feelings hurt all the time no jesus <laughs> jesus is a shark in that one like jesus <laughs> like We'll talk about the deals deals later, mm-hmm. but Jesus is back and Jesus mm-hmm. is ready to uh, take attack. over, take over, attack in this league. But he's usually a, a beast in our league over there. So I also want to get to know you guys. So, because uh-uh. uh, man, like, like we want to flip it. I'm gonna flip it around <laughs> a little bit because I don't know you guys. Who's the main guys that started the league? Who's been around for so? So when did o- you start the league so first? Like the OG people. Who's the OG the people? First dynasty. Okay, so are we talking I'm, about I'm, first I'm, dynasty or are we talking about the Yahoo? No, because like Yahoo. No, no, been Yahoo's been around for No, no, forever. this dynasty league. Well, so this, but, but to tell you the, the full story, so this this dynasty league um, was birthed from our previous Yahoo league, which is just a redraft, which we finally canceled last year. That, but we were just running it simultaneously. Um, I think the biggest thing is what 2008 mm-hmm. was when the congregations down in Pearl Beach merged. Yeah. And so a bunch of congregations got brought into one and a bunch of us young guys basically then spent the next 5 6 years all growing up together. So people like Jake's older brother, Marco, myself, Tony, some the, one of the original owners, Eric, David, one of the original owners, Josh. Yeah. So we were all like a, a group of friends. And then we had people like Jake and Emilio. They were much younger. Like the um, next jo- generation. Yeah, they were the next generation coming up. Uh, Johnny Garcia was there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Giancarlo was there. It, it, we, we, th- that's why we used to play football every week. Man, I sound like such an old man, like reminiscing about the good old days. Obviously, um, as time went, the congregation split. Uh, people started growing up. Uh-huh. Some people went off to Bethel. Some people went off. I, I, I totally forgot Mikey, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> I love you, Mikey. <laughs> so then people went off and did their own things, but most of us stayed friends. So originally, our, our group was 16 in the Dynasty League. Um, 
obviously a couple from there have uh, have had some rough rough patches in the in in the truth so we've had to get some replacement owners and then people like Eric and Andre just couldn't keep up they they they, they weren't into fantasy They're not football into enough it. Yes. yeah like they they like You have to be into it to yeah not to not, to, I, I to be think, up with your team I think it's just cuz of the the, the format because Eric was more into that because uh, Eric was really into redraft. Yahoo and he was into that redraft and and uh, I, I think a lot of people like that is because you don't have to spend a whole lot of time doing a whole lot of research or anything because I mean if you lose this year you get a whole new team next year you know what I mean so, so that's what the, I think that's what the other thing that with Eric so of the original, is, original guys how many guys are still left so Arturo Tony Mikey Jacob Emilio Johnny, myself, Giancarlo, yeah. Ryan, and Jake. So, so there's six new guys. Six new guys. So te- I, I, I want to. I don't want to say that Ruben's really a new guy because Ruben took over his team right away, almost because as soon as Josh left to Bethel, he told he me he was like, right I can't away. really cover yeah. it. And Ruben was studying at the time, so like, I, and, and we were always talking football and stuff. So he immediately took over that team pretty he, early. He, he's an honorary OG. Yeah, an honorary. I would honorary. Say honorary, honorary OG. Yeah. But it's, uh, that's, that's still he, like a good chunk of guys. That, yeah, so yeah. basically like a normal 12-team league yeah. it, it would you, be. So it's, also, it's been the extra guys. I mean, Austin was part of that group, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So, But now so we, we – yeah, okay. Yeah. So now now we have a, a – like you can say a fourth of the – a third of the league – is new. It's pretty fresh. Yeah, I would say about one division worth because it'd be Jason, yeah. Allen, Jesus, and you. Yeah. So you guys are all. We don't know you guys. <laughs> you know, we don't know a lot of stuff about you, right? Uh, so really quick, three questions for each, and uh, we're gonna go fast because I know. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. So three questions. I got three questions for for you guys. Uh, first question. I do this on my other podcast, the uh, Beans and, and Coffee podcast. Tell me something that everybody loves. But you guys hate like for me, for example, me, I hate Snapchat. I don't think that's oh, too hot. Yeah. Of a take. Like, <laughs> you know, Snapchat, there's a lot. Of, a lot. Of, I mean, Snapchat. there's a lot of millions of people that love it, but I can't stand Snapchat filters. I they, mean, do like any mature people use it? Uh, they upset me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean mature like age. I mean, like mature, like mentally. But, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to see you as a deer. I don't want to see you with your cheeks bloated. I hate filters. The Snapchat filter is something that everybody loves, but I personally hate. What's something that you guys, that everybody loves, but you guys hate? Let's start with you, Gio. I don't know. Like, am I allowed? I have, I've never had a social media account, so I don't, I don't do Instagram. I don't do Facebook. Don't do Snapchat. I don't, I don't believe in social media. Uh, but I'll, prob- I'll probably throw, but throw the bigger hot take, alcohol. Alcohol and coffee. Oh, damn. They're both disgusting, and I don't know how people can drink them. You're it's terrible. Me. That, You're killing like, me. You're is. killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we use... That's why... Oh, hence the name. No. What about you, Jake? What's something that everybody loves, but you just you just don't see it? You hate it? I don't know. I just... Uh... Uh, women. <laughs> oh, that's that that's one J- thing. J- Jake likes men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, especially uh, Chris Velez. <laughs> wow. That's gonna, I wow. think that's going to be like the running joke now. Um, I don't know, man. I just, uh, it's, it's kind of hard. I, I actually, you know what? I take that back. I don't know if a whole lot of people like this, but me personally, I just, I don't like cats whatsoever. Even though, yeah, <laughs> it, even though, even though I, I might be biased because, you know, I'm allergic to them. But on top, even if I wasn't allergic to them, don't like them at all. If I literally had a button that said, 
if you press this button, all the cats would die on this earth. I'd press it 3,000 uh, times. Hey, hey, Jake, what do you call one do cat that. on the moon? Uh, A problem? What do you call two <laughs> cats on the moon? A bigger problem? What do you call all the cats in the world on the moon? Problem solved. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so cats, right? Cats, Interesting. Cats. cats. That's, a, that's, what, that's what really grinds my gears. <laughs> all right. Really quick. First thing that comes to your mind, what's your favorite animal? My Gio. favorite animal? Yeah. A sloth. Why a sloth? Because they know how to live life. They die from falling off trees because they won't move. No, honestly, they're super cuddly. They're they're really adorable. They're soft, fluffy, and they live the life I want to live, just hanging out, doing nothing. Cuddly, soft, and what was the other thing? And and super lazy. lazy. <laughs> All right, Jake, what is your favorite animal? Ooh, I, I think I'm going to be really basic, and I, I'm just going to say dog. Um, yeah, a unicorn, Sasquatch, all those you know mythical creatures. I'm just kidding. No, dude, I'm a mythical um, beast. Dude, I love that. I love that YouTube channel. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm just gonna go basic and just say dog. I just everything about a dog is is awesome. Uh, like they just give you unconditional love, no matter what anybody says. Everyone says that they don't know how to love, but they do. I have my little boy Rusty right here, and this man. He's an angel. He he's <laughs> he loves everyone and everything. What about his their physical appearance of a dog? What is it that you like about him? <laughs> um, just uh, well, for Rusty specifically, his breed, I just like how their coat is um uh, is uh, Rusty's a schnauzer, I guess, right? I guess developed. Yeah, he's a he's a miniature schnauzer, and I just like how their coat is de- is uh developed, and um, they have a specific cut that uh you can get groomed and it's called a schnauzer cut and it's pretty much they just buzz off like the top half of the body and it kind of leaves like a little kind of like a, a a skirt but it's not to the point where it's like a, a scottish terrier it's just it's it's that right length and it's like it's got a little scruffiness but also that like clean cut you know kind of like lineup or whatever i guess i think you might like dogs a little too much <laughs> so i like rusty a little too much here here is my third and final question it's probably the hardest question what is your second favorite animal uh, let's go geo what is oh, your second... My second favorite animal yeah first thing that comes to your mind first thing that comes to my mind i'm gonna have to say my parakeets because uh, we have two, we have two birds. I, I used to like despise birds, but my wife has taught me to to love the little flying creatures. Uh, they're adorable. There's so so much expression, and they're so stupid. Like they have tiny little brains. They're so dumb, but they're so smart at the same time. Like I'm like, how how are you so intelligent, but so dumb at the same time? What about their uh, physical appearance? Uh, they're they're, so, they're small. They're delicate. They're innocent. Um, I mean, I guess just birds in general. It's re- it's really amazing to see the way Jehovah designed them um, to be able to fly like something that we can't do. The, the feathers and stuff like that. I don't know. Cool. Awesome. What about you, Jake? Uh, I guess the second animal would be um, elephants. I just like elephants. They're like, I. It's just because the, the the way they look is just so cool. Because like, when you just look at a picture of an elephant or you just see an elephant, it's just like the more you look at it, the more you question. Like, why is it built like that? And it's just like, it's so cool how like it's facial structure. It is the trunk, the whole like 
massiveness of its of its body and whatnot, and then just like the leathery skin is just it's such a weird creature when you really think about it but yeah i, I guess i'd have to go that's why the so, sudden laugh so according to your unconscious mind the first animal you you tell me your favorite animal and the one you mentioned is how you view yourself you mentioned a sloth because you they live life they, they're lazy they're cuddly <laughs> they're lazy they're soft that's kind of the way you view yourself and what you bring into a relationship. Wow. You, Jade, you say the dog because it's awesome, unconditional love. You mentioned your dog, Rusty. He has a developed coat that grooms very well. You know? <laughs> well, I don't well, know what that says you about you. Have I, don't, developed I, don't, coat. I don't know about that part. Well, maybe actually, because I do sh- sometimes shave my head. <laughs> so I do this. Uh, the second animal you describe is what you're attracted to. So you mentioned a parrot key. Because it's adorable, the expression, it's like stupid but smart at the same time. And it's small. That's why I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's small, delicate, and innocent, and it just flies. Oh, that sounds like my That word. is kind of like what you uh, are attracted to or what you see. So, And then, uh, Jake, you like elephants. <laughs> Strange looking people. Because they look cool and you like the way they're built. <laughs> Ah. You know, I guess you like big butts and you cannot lie. <laughs> no wonder I like Emilio. Those big, old, those big old feet, those big old hands. So I think it's a bunch of psycho bells. Uh, no, but it, I like it. No, it's just it's just it's just a dumb game. It's just no, a fun. I think it works. I it's like just it. a fun dumb game. And uh, you know, I now agree. we know, guys. You guys listening, what to offer uh, Gio and uh, and Jake? <laughs> we can offer Gio guys that look like elephants. <laughs> no, <that's Jake. laughs> I mean, no, yeah, Jake, Jake, so Jake, Jake, and Gio. We can offer on parrot keys. <laughs> so it's true. It's true. Like offer so, Jake, so like size speed, speed guys, size speed yeah. guys, like DK Metcalf and stuff, and offer me like the like small, small, tiny ones, tiny like guys. Andy Isabella. <laughs> exactly. That's there you go. Saying. That's that's what the whole thing was about, and and to get to know you guys a little bit more and kind of break the ice. No, so, I appreciate so, that. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for answering the questions honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I think it, I think it helps us get to know everybody a little bit. Um, speak, speaking of like trade trade offers and stuff, let's let's refocus a little bit right here on some football. The past couple of days, we've had trade Mageddon came out. <laughs> no, it's not trade Mageddon, right? <laughs> dude. So we've had. I think I think we've had like. Three trade Mageddon's. First one was the, the, the two days before the startup draft. 41 trades happened. Everybody was moving around the startup draft board. Yeah. Uh, the original startup draft. And then like two years ago, there was when the David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott trades happened. Michael Thomas, Thomas, Thomas Gurley. And then I was doing some trades. There was a bunch of trades in there. And then more recently, when uh, when I was like, "Hey, everybody, you guys want to start trading early?" and everybody was like, "Okay, sure." And then Francisco was like, "Wait, I would have voted no if I knew like that all those <laughs> trades were gonna happen." Man, you don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> There's so many Stuff factors the- that happen in the off season. Yeah. You just gotta chill. Nah, chill, people. That off season is best time to make moves before people start because before I, I do be- I do my homework before so. before people start realizing <laughs> yeah. that your your rookie suck. <laughs> you know. Like, before your people suck. I'm just I, kidding, though, for real. I know that different people have different reactions. Were there any of the trades that stuck out that you had a like a strong reaction to, Francisco? I'm going to call you out. Me? Irv Smith, tight end, to Art for Mitchell Trubisky. Think I gave up too much? No. I oh. think opposite. I think, oh, really? Uh, okay. I, like, you never... That was a steal? I think, he, I, think, I think he got a good deal. You got a good deal. Oh, okay. 
Cool. I'll take that. I thought I gave up too much. <laughs> I I have a I have a counterpoint on that one. I didn't I didn't think I didn't think either either team came out winning. Winning. I well, didn't, I don't think either one came but out see, winning. But see Trubisky, he, like you never give up a franchise quarterback for a tight end in fantasy in real life or anywhere else, you know. <laughs> you, you don't think per, per Trubisky is just Bortles 2.0? So he is, but he can get you <laughs> points. He's gonna get you points. I mean, okay, so he's gonna have those three big four four good games. So he's gonna go all crazy. I, I hope Trubisky never has to start for me because if Trubisky starts for me, then something's wrong with my team. Yeah, something is wrong with your <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah. I mean, Irv Smith's gonna take a while for it to develop. For sure, but he's also a second. But I, I mean, I'm that's not gonna why he's not... I, I I thought it was good, but what were you gonna, what were you saying? Continue. Sorry, no, that's it. That's it. That's it. I just felt I don't know. I was a little lopsided, but I think you got the better end of the deal. Cool. I'll take that. To clarify my viewpoint, basically how I saw the trade was. I didn't think it made sense at all. I don't, I didn't understand why you took Mr. Trubisky just based off of I, I've seen your roster before, and I don't think you needed him. I so I think at, at, in that situation, I, 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 I do believe that you were, I guess, helping Arturo out in that situation. But I also think I don't understand why Arturo gave up Mitch Trubisky for Earl Smith. I don't personally believe Earl Smith to be uh, any I mean, better than Mitch Kubisi, even though he's valued at the same level. I don't think he's going to be, you know, better than him. I I do think that he should have kept him, maybe gave up somebody else for uh. Smith. But yeah, I mean, just based off of Arturo's roster. But I do understand that, you know, tight ends do take a take a while to uh, develop, and it it's it's okay that he's on Arturo's team because you know Arturo's team has the ability to sit out for a while and yeah. and let people develop that's why you know it's okay for him to i, I thought after the draft art was gonna make a splash like <laughs> you know i thought his team was moving up after the draft and but i he's made a, he's made a lot of moves lately and um i don't think it's i think he's gonna have to sit out or not <laughs> oh for sure no no our, our, our <laughs> yeah, yeah, team yeah, is yeah. a good two three years away from 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 being in competition oh, he's got to give his team time to time to tend to develop he, he approached me about a tight end and i, and I mean kittle and kelsey are just like the, uh, way the, the, co- the cost for them price. the, the, the value that much. those players have is too much yeah. yeah um so the only reason i asked for trubisky was just because to me i just need a third quarterback because I, I hope wentz can lead my season and but i'm starting to get nervous i have my hot takes about the about the bucks offense and winston throwing five thousand yards yeah. but then i've been watching them and that o-line is so bad <laughs> in Tampa Bay, I'm like, oh, maybe I just might need an extra backup. So, I, so that's why I went for them. Um, quick question for you guys: Do either of you guys know who the third string wide receiver is for the Minnesota Vikings? The third, the third wide receiver? No, no, no. Okay, so right now it's a fight between Brandon Zilstra and Chad Beebe. They both suck. They're both terrible. <laughs> so, so when last season it was Laquan Treadwell, um, but when Minnesota's going to be an eleven personnel with a slot receiver in all, all the all the information coming out of Minnesota is that Kubiak's going to be running Irv Smith as the, as the third receiver because he's a great receiver. If you watched him at Bama, he is, I would venture to say he was the best receiving tight end coming out of this draft. Noah Fant is more athletic and Hawk is more complete. I think Hawk's the best, a better player, but, but Irv was the best like receiving tight end. He, he was your Evan Ingram style, like more you're receiving threat. And, and he's good. So I think they're going to play a lot of two tight ends. And then when they go to 11, I think they're going to split him out. I didn't want to give him up. If 
Arturo wants to go back and redo that trade, I don't mind. If he if he if he if he agrees with what uh, Francisco That's said, I do not mind going back and redoing that exact same trade. I don't mind having Irv Smith sit on my roster so that uh, two three years from now I can sell Kittle for a king's ransom and then have his replacement right huh. there already. So um, why and and I saw you. You said I'm gonna hate on this because I have to rewrite my. My magazine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Williams to GK and Duke Johnson to Chris. Oh, what a horrible trade. Oh, dude, GK, <laughs> GK sent me text. He was like, I can't believe he took that trade. I was, I was like, <laughs> GK was so happy. I know. Wow. I know. Look, I know. I know Chris is going out on a limb, you know? For sure. Like he's going out and in, 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 it's a hunch. He's got a good hunch. He he probably feels that Duke Johnson's gonna start for the Texans. Oh he, yeah, and I, I, I assume Duke Johnson is. Duke Johnson's probably gonna get the lion's share of the carries. He's gonna get he's gonna get he's gonna get the bulk of the carries and plus, you know, in PPR. So Chris is hoping that he goes as a as a running back one. Or maybe two borderline. That's probably, I, think, I, think, I think that's where Duke he Duke Johnson finished as running back fifteen on the year like two years ago, right? So So I mean I don't think it's that far off. Like I, I think, I think, Trick Chris and I know he could have gotten a lot more. He probably could have gotten like another player, you know, my, you know, besides Duke Johnson, like added somebody else to the oh, deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and and GK would have gone for it, you know, just learning experience. Kind of do it, but but uh, it's it's not as bad as you guys are seeming seeming it out to be. So I, I'm just approaching it just from pure dynasty value, like consensus value. Mike Williams is worth two firsts and at least a second, if not plus. Whereas Duke Johnson right now, everybody's trying to sell because even if he has a good season, he's going to have a good season this year, which is good for a contender. But I don't think Chris he's, is he's not that much last. of a contender. He, he's he's right below the contender, so he can make, make a wild, wild card spot. But when you look at like some of the teams that he has to play against, I don't think his team is complete enough. And so Duke Johnson, as a, as a running back, one for one year is great. But 2020, Houston's getting one of the, one of the big backs. They're, they're one of the great landing spots for one of the big backs. And Duke Johnson has shown that he's not that the, like the workhorse? alpha yeah, workhorse back. He's good. And, and I think he's underrated, but he's also been in the league a little while, and, and he's got his niche. He's not the same type of dynasty asset. And, and I think sometimes, who, who said in the chat that, that this is a business? I, I think you have to look at players like, like stocks. You're not going to sell Apple stock for Microsoft stock, right? Yeah. Like what one's just more valuable than the other, even though you might be bullish on Microsoft stock. And Microsoft stock might do well for one for for a little while, but the long term play is to stay with a stock. That's but even perform. then, that didn't affect his team that much. It didn't drop his team. GK or Chris? Oh, uh, Chris. Chris. Oh, that hurt Chris. I for think me. it. I think it did hurt Chris. I, I think. I think he had. A, he was pretty loaded on wide receiver. Like he's pretty deep on it. I. I don't think it hurt him that much. And Ooh, he's just got Thielen now. That's it. And Hollywood Higgins. Yeah. And Higgins is a at best a wide receiver. You know what? Receiver. I'm pulling for the guy. I like I like that I like that Rocky mentality. I like that underdog. I'm pulling for Chris. Chris, go get him. I'm pulling for you, bro. I respect. You got I, this. I I respect it. I respect the trade. I, I I after the explanation from Chris, I, I I do understand his viewpoint on it, and I get it. It's uh it makes sense. But once again, just going off of you know dynasty perspective, it's just like 
I mean, like, like he just said, based off of Chris's team, is just he. I, from from my perspective, I don't think he should be shooting for contention this year. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. That's what I'm thinking about the whole trade. And but, then obviously my bias comes in because I think you build a strong base of wide receivers. You get yourself a quarterback that's decent. You build up your defense, and then that makes you a contender. And then you go for a running back because running backs last a year or two. Like the the top five running backs don't just keep. They don't stay there for a long time. Yeah, it's a short window. So you get your base, and then Mm. you get running back. Whereas he's right now getting rid of part of his base to get running running back. back. Yeah. So I I mean, from that perspective, yeah. But I mean, like you said, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope it does well. It works out for him. And I might be totally wrong. Like in the long term, I might be wrong. And I think probably this year, Duke Johnson and Mike Williams are probably going to have the same amount of points, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but I think it, it it was really good trade for, for Giancarlo. GK. Giancarlo's one weakness was wide receiver. Yeah, and he just and, and Duke Johnson was not a starter for him. No, Duke Johnson wasn't going to start for him. It 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 really solidified his team. Yeah, it, it really it, 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 made, it made his team a little bit a lot stronger. Not just a little, a lot stronger. Yeah, it does look scary now, <laughs> dude. I, and you know it's funny. Like I was I was teeter tottering back and forth with GK at three. And then he and then I, he sent me that text and I was like, "Dang, I want to push him up to two. Wow. <laughs> but but I mean, Mikey, Mikey's a, Mikey's got a steamroller team. I also want to talk about Jesus, Uh-oh. my brother-in-law. Ooh. He's he's a shark, man. You guys don't know him. Like, last year he was very passive. Like he didn't make a lot of moves. I guess he talked a lot in private. You know, we're not I'm not sure, but. In the other league, that guy's always making moves and always going for like big, huge moves. And I'm seeing the beginning of it right now. Like he's back. Like he used to be a car salesman. <laughs> so you know what's funny? I was gonna say because every time a trader makes a trade from me, oh, I, I love you, Jesus, but he turns me off for making a trade because he starts trying to talk to me. I'm like, don't try to convince me to make a trade. Like. Anybody who approaches me that, that makes me not want it. That's just me personally because I don't want anybody to try and sell me. Yeah. And like, he, if and you have to sell me on a trade, then I'm walking away. I'm he not, he, like, I'm not in he maybe feel the same way about you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might yeah. feel the same way, like, because your negotiation tactics are also very, like, a little bit pushy, you know? Like, when like when it came to yeah. me, we've discussed a couple of trades and you were like, okay, we're here we're at this, we're at this point, and you're like, well, what about if we push this? Oh, for sure. And then you and push. you're pushing more. I'm like, no, Absolutely. we're right here. Why are you pushing more? <laughs> but, but I never want to tell you that your players are bad or that no, my no, players no, are good. No. And, and so that, that's my that's, my that's where that's I where push, I do push a lot. You push. It's like, okay, we're here. We're settled here. No, but you push more. Give me more. an extra second. You give me an extra like, And that's what it's like, no, Gio, forget it. And after like four or five hours, like I'm already in it. Like, well, might as well. <laughs> But no, like, that's how you do it. That's how you get an extra. So I, I see you. I see you guys bumping. That's why, <laughs> in, in that sense. But Jesus, like, man, look, he got for Ty. He got six players: Daryl Henderson, Daryl Henderson, They're Marquise Lee, Nelson, Nelson Aguilar, and three picks: a third, a fourth, and a second. Okay, so which think- one of those players do you want on your roster, or of those picks? Daryl Henderson, the Marquise picks, Lee. I want the second. Twenty twenty one second. And then 2023rd, 4th, Marquise Lee, Nelson Aguilar, and Daryl Henderson. If you change that 2023rd to a second, then I would... Okay, yeah, two two seconds is good value. I would want that. Yeah. 
But I, and and out of the players, I would only probably want Henderson. But in this case, it kind of made his team like he's in rebuild mode. So oh, for sure, it made his team stronger. And then he gave up. I actually think. Do you, do you mind if I say like I gushed about how much I, I like his management style? But I thought that was such a smart move by Allen to do. Like he got rid of roster cloggers, Marquise yeah, no, Lee, yeah. Nelson Aguilar. They're garbage Marquee, players. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they not, they ha- they they'll score points a couple points, but they're not like long term answers. They're not going to be stars. Uh, he got rid of thirds and fourths. The second was like an actual piece of value. But I think Allen saw what like you and I saw when we were scouting. Daryl Henderson might be explosive in that Rams offense, but he's not a good running back. He's he's not like he he's not talented like somebody else. Like I hate Miles Sanders, and I think Miles Sanders is a more talented running back. He's just not like, gonna take over. Yeah, H- Henderson 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 is, is a change of pace guy. Yeah, he's just he's just a he's, he's just a one cut. And, he's and a, he's an Eckler. He's 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 you know. But like in in the Rams offense, he might be good. But I think um, Allen saw that and is like, hey, I can sell this guy and get and, and, get, and get Hilton. Who right now is at like the lowest value? Like we have to remember last last season Hilton was sold for two firsts, and then later for Chubb, who was at least worth three firsts. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, um, no, yeah, but so I, for I agree. So for Hilton, obviously he loses he loses luck, so that's a huge like that's a super buy low damage to his value. But we're gonna talk about J- Jacoby Brissett later. I I don't think Hilton loses entirely all his value he's still a good receiver what uh what about the trade with uh for kyler murray so arturo got sean williams to safety patrick something i can't pronounce that last on the sore yeah that that guy linebacker, <laughs> linebacker. and some running back from houston third string yeah, crockett, crockett mm-hmm. for uh kyler murray what do you guys think of that deal i don't know how i feel about that uh, I really don't think that he, even though I'm a big time hater on Kyler Murray, I just don't, <laughs> I, I really don't like Kyler Murray at all as a player. Um, but fantasy wise, I, I, I'm already thinking that, you know, he, he is going to be really relevant in fantasy wise, but I don't really know how I feel about that trade. I, I just don't think that he should have gave up Kyler Murray. I, I really think that he should have kept him or at least, I don't know. I just, I, at least got something different to help him build his team other than safety and what was it two linebackers two, a linebacker, linebacker and, a, linebacker and, a, and a, third string. a third string running back so Anuasor is going to have a decent season he's he's the Mike linebacker for Baltimore so he's taking over CJ Mosley's spot so he'll have some good production and Sean Williams I think is going to I haven't pegged to to finish as a top 5 safety again the, the thing is once again we go back to that discussion we were just having it's it always comes back to where your team is and I don't want to say the humility, but like the roster construction the, the, as no, well, the awareness of, of where your team is, is because that... like if Allen had made that deal, I would have been like, dang, good deal, Allen, because Allen doesn't need a quarterback who's going to take two years to turn into a starter, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or if like uh, Ruben had made that deal, I would have been like, that's awesome. Shore up your defense, make a run because those defenders are good defenders. Um, so I I think the value was fair, like on both sides. I just I'm I'm not sure if it was the best idea for, for Arturo, Arturo to get rid of a player that uh, yeah. he can grow with. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think it was a good a good move for Arturo. But I especially, he he got at least decent value on it, especially after he traded. Well, he, now he yeah, traded exactly. Trubisky and Murray 
And now he's stuck with just Carr. And now right? he just has Derek Carr. And I think he has somebody else. He has one more. Oh, he has Matt Ryan. He has Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan so, and Matt, Derek Carr. That's fine. You can work with that. I I think keep Matt Ryan and keep one of the younger guys and get rid of Carr. I say get rid of Carr. I, yeah. I thought you should have – for Arturo, I think he should have got rid of Derek Carr a long time ago. Like, you should have been – Got rid of well, that. Maybe know. maybe get rid of Derek Carr for Irv Smith. That hey. I I mean I don't know. If, I mean that's probably not a not a Carr great sucks. Trade. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have. Well, you guys want? You guys have any uh, that, any other again, moves? I think, we, I think we touched on the trades that were the the, the, the hot con- the hot controversial. Yeah, the controversial. Speaking of controversial <laughs> stuff, um, I don't want to take too much time on it, but I did want to get some super. Spicy Carolina Reaper takes from you guys. Now, I don't want to hear something like uh, Damian Williams is going to be bad or something like that because we we know we this the stuff. At, at least I don't know about everybody, but I think most of the people in our league pretty much keep up with the fantasy sphere and keep up with the dynasty co- consensus and community. So so we understand like some of these things that that maybe on just like the fantasy footballers or something they're barely talking about. Like we've been talking about that like months ago. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about like super spicy. It doesn't, it has to be about this season. Jake, tell me something super spicy. It's going to happen this year. Super spicy. I'm going to be bold and say Dalvin cook makes no impact this year. Gets injured, <laughs> gets injured. Ouch. In week five. So who's got Madison? <laughs> I have. I say Dalvin Cook becomes productive in week one, two, three. Week four he slows down, and week five gets injured. Does it? Does, and he, then he still hasn't at, played a full season. And he's out for the season. At week five, out for the season. Out for the rest of the season. His rookie year, what he got? He went out week four, right? You give him an extra week. So I give him an extra, <laughs> give an extra week. week. I give him basically an extra week. Ooh, I don't that hurts think, for me. I that that's <laughs> what I'm I'm just saying. That's what I believe, and I feel like Dalvin Cook has this. He's he's displaying those traits of. I don't want to label him injury prone, but he's displaying those traits. I believe. I feel no like he's gonna, he's he's gonna give no you he's gonna give you the first four first five great weeks. And then he's 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 not gonna finish. He's 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 not a finisher. I don't think he he'll will finish from this point on in his career. I don't think he'll he will finish a full season Oof. on fire. Okay, that I like. I don't know if that's like I I like it because obviously I'm, I'm a Delvin Cook owner, so I'm super biased. <laughs> but but I think I there there's reasoning there. You know he he got yeah, hurt at, at at Florida State. He got hurt in the NFL. He got hurt in the NFL again. So I think that I think there's a precedent set there. That sucks. I paid what a first and Le'Veon for that's Dalvin. That's what I'm saying. That's, so, that's exactly but, what I'm saying. But I have to I, I have know. to believe in that offense. So okay, I'll take that. So we'll we'll, we'll come back at the end of the year. And uh, I mean, if if anybody wants to make a deal for Dalvin Cook on around week four before he, he's out for the season, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Uh, what about you, Francisco? Super super spicy take. This is this is kind of like. Tapatio spicy, like Aww. Cholula, like, ah, like, nice. like you nice. know, it's not, it's not crazy spicy. But Vance McDonald, I think he finishes in the top five as a tight end. Ooh. I think wow. uh, Big Ben before uh, we had Heath Miller. Ooh, you guys go way back. He Ooh, used him. He used him a lot. He he likes passing to the to the tight end to a catching tight end. And I think like we said, tight ends take a while to develop. And Vance McDonald, this is his year. This is the year he develops. 
There's no more Antonio Brown. We got Juju picking up a lot of taking a lot of the the um targets. the targets and everything, but he he gets a lot of attention. So I'm thinking Vance McDonald's gonna it's gonna have a big year. Uh, whoever has them, good for you. Respect uh, to 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 collect and uh, top five tight end at the end of the year. You're welcome. You, you think that's like on yardage and targets, or is it like touchdowns? It's it's both. It's both yardage and touch and and. But like, do you, do you see him as like a fluky, like up and down guy? Or no, like no, no. It's consistent like guy. A consistent guy's gonna get you about ten to twelve points a week. Maybe, okay. maybe he gets you that one game with six, seven points because he's got a couple targets. He didn't he score. He doesn't get a touchdown, but he's gonna be consistent. Maybe five targets a game, and he's gonna maybe get eight or nine touchdowns. Okay. Hey, that that fifth, that fourth and fifth wide uh, tight end spot. Pardon me. Every year rotates. I I think that's a pretty good call. I I think it'll be uh, the running backs instead. Like, cause I I believe in James Washington and Deontay Johnson. I think Juju's gonna disappoint, but I think the the one that, that people aren't seeing is Jalen Samuels. I think they're gonna use him like an H back, like he was used in college, like that split tight end a little bit. But I'll take that. All right, Vance McDonald as a top five, five tight end. end. What's yours? What's yours, oh, Gio? Right. What is in, in the level of spiciness? This is Jake coming home from work spicy. Is it? <laughs> That's medium it's not, level spicy. It's not habanero. It's not habanero. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. So last year, we had the top five wide receivers. I, inside that top five, we had uh, wide receiver two, Devontae Adams. Adams. Obviously, great young player, great quarterback touchdown machine um we also had av antonio, antonio brown, brown. I, I think probably the best actual receiver in the nfl um he was four and then julio was three i believe so uh, julio jones obviously he's a monster he's a beast. physical freak he's just beast at every level right i think julio is going to be the closest i think julio is going to be like six or seven because I think his yardage and his catches are going to go down to Ridley, but his touchdowns are going to go up because they're the last time he had like more than five touchdowns was with uh, Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator who just came back. So he was gone for three years and then Julio wasn't scoring touchdowns, just getting tons of yards, but Dirk Cutter's back in Atlanta. So I think Julio's touchdowns will go up because they'll get more targets in the red zone. But I think his receptions and yards will go down. So basically what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is my, my spicy take that those three, no matter how good of receivers they are and i don't know why it's gonna happen maybe it's injury maybe it's uh antonio brown doesn't like his helmet so he doesn't play a game or two um or Devonte just doesn't get the same type of touchdown production that he did last season i think none of those three receivers will end the year as top five Ooh. they're clearly top top five ranked Ooh. but i don't think they're gonna end the year as top five wow receivers. that one hurts Ooh, that's a that deep, one hurts. that's a deep cup to me that is I got Antonio. You got AB. I have Antonio. I don't have any stock on them, but that's tough. That's tough to swallow. That's a deep cut. And so, so sell, sell high. So sell high for anybody who owns those guys. Honestly, I think so. So I, I may be like a year ahead of the curve, but I think I'd always rather be a year ahead than a year behind. So I think there's a shift happening. The old guard of wide receivers is starting to change. We're seeing it with like eight with AB a little bit, definitely with AJ Green and stuff. But like Julio and Devontae, they look like they're in their prime. But I don't know. 
I predict it's going to happen this year. If it doesn't, then next year I'll say it again. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I see the I see the reasoning behind it, it all. Um, the only one that I just I disagree. I probably I mean, obviously I'm biased because I own AB, um, and I did pay a pretty penny for AB. Um, so you're hoping it doesn't and so happen. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that this prediction is completely wrong, <laughs> and he finishes within the top five. He finishes third top receiver, second. I don't I don't care within the top five. I, I hope he explodes and he's a b like he was in 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 pittsburgh hey he's been top five for the past three years he didn't he doesn't skip a beat over here in in the raiders or whatnot i i'm hoping that he he just blows up and um obviously like during the preseason the whole helmet issue the foot thing uh that got me a little bit worried now preseason's uh starting to come to close the hard knocks is like finishing up uh a b's you know, done talking about the helmet thing. The helmet thing. I think it was all drama. You didn't want to be the in same, the preseason. That's just, exactly what I'm drama, saying. I'm just, saying the helmet thing was a complete drama. Just Hard to, Knocks he, made it overblown. <laughs> the foot thing was probably the only thing that was like look. He don't. Concern he don't want to get hurt in the preseason. So He's he thirty. Just, you know exactly. He, the feet are is what's getting to him. But I think this year he still becomes productive. top five productive. And I just think, up your volume. Yeah, and I just, I think and your raw talent. <laughs> I think your prediction comes in next year. I, okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. your prediction comes in next year. All right. Well, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but Jake, you had one more thing you wanted to share with us. You have a prediction for us. Super spicy for our dynasty Seacoast Dynasty League super bowl predictions okay so i've already shared some of mine in the magazine if you guys caught all the hints as you read it like the player the teams that i like to be in there what do you think i think i'm going off and this is just a reference to so obviously what i'm thinking is we've already established the top two top two teams are alan and mikey okay so for sure i'm saying one of them is going i don't think that both of them are going to be there one of them will be there I'm leaning towards Mikey because obviously I don't want Allen to win a second year. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I don't want Allen to be there again for a second year. Anyways, so I'm saying Mikey's going to be there. I like that. I like Mikey's team a little bit better than Allen's. Um, so I'm saying Mikey's going to be there. Now, the guy that comes in is a reference to our last podcast episode. And I'm saying John Wiley. Gets into the Super Bowl. Whoop, whoop. That's, saying, that was my call too. I'm saying John Wiley gets into the Super Bowl and faces off Mikey Gucci Collins. Okay, oh, and that. I'm just gonna say that I, I I'm probably gonna go lean over to Mikey, but I'm just saying for sure. I think that. John Wiley John makes, Wiley his, makes a splash. Super, super if he gets his running back. He, 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 I was going to say, yeah, he finally convinces <laughs> somebody to run to trade with him. If somebody finally yeah, gives him a running, running back. back. He, he texts me. He's like, dude, I am so frustrated. Man, <laughs> like, that, people are trying to trade me second string running that's backs. Not, I would trade him if I had a good running back. <laughs> Same. That's not, it's not just spicy, man. This is like your grandma's Ooh. homemade habanero sauce, and she made it because she was mad. That thing Ooh. is spicy. But, hey, come on, John. We're pulling for you. Make that trade happen. Not with me. <laughs> I'm not giving any, up. Carry on. <laughs> I don't have any running backs, John. I'm sorry. I would, but, but I, I don't uh, have any. Wish you the best. Cool. I like that. All right. Well, John, Mikey, 
we'll see you guys in February and we'll we'll come back and check these. We'll see if Vance McDonald was a top five tight end. We'll see if I totally got it wrong and all three of AB, Devontae, and Julio finishes top five. We'll see if Dalvin Cook's injured or not. And we'll see who's in the Super Bowl. Speaking of like players losing value a little bit, like AB and Devontae and stuff like that, like my prediction or your prediction about Dalvin Cook. Um, it's always a, an interesting thing when you're looking at players on your team and trying to see, hey, do I make a trade and try and get somebody better? Do I hold him and trying to let him go up in value? Is he going to go down in value? It, it's part of it's part of the the frustration of of being a manager and being an owner. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was let's talk about each of us. We're going to pick one guy who we think right now is the time to get out from under. Maybe they'll still have a good season, but who at this time next year are we going to be looking at and saying, man, I wish I had traded him before he lost value. Obviously, we couldn't couldn't have seen luck coming, but after his record-setting season, maybe that was the time to sell. Like, hey, realize that he's had injuries or something like that. So who do we think is the person to sell right now? Francisco, why don't you kick us off? You guys seen The Lion King, right? The new version of The Lion King, the live animated this is. I have not. I, I have well, not. I, I they 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 have a new live animated version of the Lion King, and this really? guy is. <laughs> this guy is the new live animated, not animated, like the live version of the Lion King, because you know what? It doesn't change. The story's still the same. Ooh. Mufasa dies, Ooh. and spoiler, dude. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Simba's still looking at Mufasa and is like, get up. Get up in the little teary eye. And the same thing's gonna happen to the owner of Amari Cooper. He's gonna look at him, he's gonna be teary eyed and like, get up, please get up. Because we know Amari Cooper. We've seen it. It's the same story. He gives you three or four, maybe five good games, but he's gonna give you eight bad ones. He's gonna go off week one because he's playing against me. I know GK has him. And he's going up against me, so he's going to score 200 yards and <laughs> five touchdowns and, like, the, the greatest, right? Yeah, but then yeah. he's going to die off for, like, six games. Mm. You're going to sit him on the bench, mm. and then he's going to come back and give you another 200-yard game. Mm. That's Amari Cooper. He has four games in him, and that's it. For nine games, eight or nine games, he's done. He's nothing. He's on your bench. He's on your bench. He's, he shouldn't be played. He's going to give you He's going to give you the typical what? Four receptions for 40 yards. All right, let, let's do a little exercise right here. Just, I, I pulled up Amari Cooper's stats from last year just so that everybody like listening can have some reference. So week one last year, Amari Cooper scored 2.8 fantasy points. Week two, he scored 3.7. Ugh, it's looking rough. Yeah. Week three, 26.8 fantasy points. Won you the week. Week, four, week five, two fantasy points. Ooh. Week six... Zero. That was when he was traded. <laughs> that was when he was traded. Okay, so he okay. sat out the week. Okay. Right? All right. Yeah. So then week nine is when he comes back because he got traded and then there was the bye week. Right? So then he comes back and week nine, he scores 16.8. That's okay. kind of what you want out of your receiver okay. every week. That's what you want. Six, okay. 15 to 20 points from Amari okay. Cooper. That's what you expect. So then week 10, 13.5. Still good. Ooh, not bad. Three not weeks. Bad. Okay. Week Three 11, 6.6. Rough. Ugh. Week 12, 38 points. Here we go. Whoa. On the week. He's back. Him. He's back, guys. Whoa. Week 13. 13.5. Pretty good. Pretty okay. good. Five, okay. five decent week weeks. Week 14. 
49 points. That that's was a playoff touchdown. That was that's our playoffs, right? Ooh. So if you no. had if you were a buy because you had a buy, you had them and you didn't play them. Oh, correct. I, I, yeah. So he was oh. he was sitting on the bench. Yeah. Oh. Right. Wow. And then the next two playoff games, week 15, he was 8.3, and in the Super Bowl week 16, he was 6.0. Yikes. So, Six good games. That was last year. Oof. And I would venture to say that I'd want my wide receiver one to be scoring 15 and up. And two of those were at 13. So, I mean, that's acceptable. But I think I'm going to say four good games. Four good games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's the same story. It just looks pretty. It looks really nice. The Cowboys uniform is beautiful. But it's going to be the same thing. GK is going to cry over him. Get up. Get up. up. (laughs) Play for me. Play for me. One question. Let me throw this in there. Do you think Zeke sticks out to any part of the season? Like Melvin Gordon and Zeke have both seen what Le'Veon did mm-hmm. and said, hey, we can do that too. We deserve a money and we don't this, this punishment to our bodies um, is excessive. Do you think Zeke sits out any part of the season? Zeke, no. Okay, I so don't think Ze- so. I think Zeke gets paid. See, I think Melvin Jerry, Gordon Jerry Jones sits. gonna cave in. He's gonna cave, gonna cave in. Pam. Melvin okay. Gordon for sure sits. I think because Chargers if, are idiots. If, Chargers pay. don't want to pay <laughs> anybody, anyways. The reason I bring it up, not to talk about like the drama of these running backs, is that if Zeke isn't there, we know Pollard's probably gonna be the first option. But I think that offense has to change a little bit. If Zeke's not there, does Amari get enough looks every week? He would have to make to. it. Because if you look at his big games, it was when they needed him to. Obviously, he drops passes and he has mental he has mental blocks, but like he gets open. He's yeah. a great route, route runner. Route runner is one of the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but he just concentration and and he's not always there. It seems hundred percent mentally. So if if Zeke is not there, let's say Zeke misses four games, does that affect your take on Amari, or do you think Amari just is who he is? He might have he, Amari is who he is. He might have two more extra games. Give him six <laughs> games. And so, but he is who he is. He's done. Oof, okay. Uh, uh, he's what twenty five this year, so he's a super young asset. Great draft capital, top top ten NFL actual NFL draft player. Oof, so we'll see. Might might make or break GK season. But I mean, of course, he's gonna go crazy when he plays against me. And I played <laughs> GK twice, so those two games are gonna be forty points, right? <laughs> All right, Jake. It. You had two you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, I did. Um, the first one, I actually, I, I don't want to spend well, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. I just want to do like a little little snippet of it. Is one is Adam Thielen. Stefan Diggs is on the upside, so from here on out, I say Stefan Diggs gets higher, more value, and I think Adam Thielen goes down at this point. So I say they're both at their peak, and after this season, Adam Thielen goes down, Stefan Diggs goes up. So if you have Adam Thielen, I think now's the time to get rid of Adam Thielen because the only reason why is because based off of age and just, you know, how long he's been in the season is just, you know, all based off of age. He's just, you know, getting older. Wide receivers at that age don't tend to get any better after that as they get older. So I say get rid of him as soon as you can to get the most value out of him because if you wait another season, wait two more seasons, you're you're gonna get you know scraps if like you some can. cost fallacy you know despite he, that he might still be good you think now's the time to get him I say now's the time to get rid of him even though let's say this season he you know he blows up let's say this season blows up I re- 
I'd rather get rid of him and have somebody else deal with the blow up season of this year, and then next year they pay the consequences of what's what of do you think would moment. be a trade what, for uh, Adam trade value? Ooh, um, I say I say he's a second. He's a he's a second. So I offered Austin. I offered. I say he's. I say he's oh, worth no, a second. No, 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 no. So so I offered Austin. At a, this point, I say he's. Worth I a offered second. Austin a first and a second, and he didn't take it. So because I I think I think Thielen still has like one and a half first or like a first and a second. I think it is is just about his value, depending on where that first is. Oh, that's well, what I offered. I mean, Austin. Austin Austin has been when Austin had the team. Austin has been heckling me. To get a first for Thielen, Every, and I, he heckled, I, he heckled I, I everybody. But my I first, give him a, a, my a first, first is Geo's first. So. I would never give. Him, I, I wouldn't give Thielen a first. I would. So now, give, now it's Chris. Now it's Chris. Now it's Chris. Now yeah. I I don't know. We got I don't. Chris, time to sell, bro. I, I mean, say he, I say it's he, a second. Took, I might be more stingier yeah, than than like, most people, but I say he's worth a second. Okay, so I, I'm gonna say you're a little crazy right there, Jake. Just straight value, okay. just because like. You look at like what you, what you can what a second does for your team, and it doesn't do much. Like whereas Thielen, like I think for a contender, I, w- I would pay a, I would pay a first immediately. The issue with that is that I'm also retooling. So like right mm-hmm. now, Thielen doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to he me. He doesn't fit in your in your yeah, roster in my plans, especially when all the firsts that I'm trying to acquire, I'm I I believe all of them should be top half firsts. Minus my John Wiley's first, which you say is gonna be number fifteen or sixteen. <laughs> but now, <laughs> like Allen, Mikey. Yeah, but I don't have. I have. I have like Ryan's first. I have uh, everybody's first. You got six. Come on, that is ridiculous. Well, it's because the twenty twenty draft is so good. Like I've been trying. I've been getting twenty twenty picks since two thousand eighteen. That's why I've been, yeah. I've been aiming for these picks. Okay, but uh, I'll, I'll take that. Um, you should go work for the Vikings because the Vikings just paid him sixty-four million dollars to stick around for another. <laughs> Look, four he's years. a late bloomer, bro. He I started. Say, he started I, the league when he was twenty-six. He, yeah. If he, if he was, so if he was gonna explode, he's a late, he's if a, he was gonna explode at this point, he would have done it already. He That's did explode. What are you talking about? The guy's a beast. He's not gonna get any better. That's what I'm saying. He's not. He's not gonna get better. Jake he's gonna. Have a point, he's though. gonna regress. He's gonna we, go down through like week. What was it? Nine or ten? Thielen was the num- number, number one, one fantasy receiver. But through week ten to sixteen, he was like numbered like twenty or something. He wasn't scoring on average like five or six points a week because Stephon Diggs was healthy and just Kirk Cousins was getting murdered. Like yeah. their their offense couldn't keep up. Yeah. And, and when the chips were down, it was what you said. It was Diggs who was producing rather than Thielen. Whether that's just team scheming Thielen out of the game or what, I don't know. But we'll see. I I don't mind that take. I think he's worth more than what you think. But I also think that right now is a good time to sell Thielen. The the other one was a uh, uh, Cook, uh, Jared Cook, not Dalvin Cook, Jared Cook. Well, you do uh, think Dalvin Cook's going to lose value? Apparently, I do. He's I do. Be out for I, the season. I, 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 yeah, I do think he's going to be out for the season. But I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think now's the time to. I guess not. Now's the time to to sell him. Um, but uh, the reason why I say Jared Cook is probably is it's basically the, the same uh, reasoning behind Adam Thielen. He's Getting older, and last season he he did he did really well last season, and I don't think he's he's gonna he's not gonna have a repeat season. Um, now's the time to you know just get rid of Cook and get somebody younger. Um, 
and uh, he's just he, he's not going to get any better because the still number one target is Michael Thomas, and I don't think he's and take, the running he's game. not he's not taking any Kamara. targets away it's from going to be Kamara. Uh, Michael Thomas, and he's not you know yeah, and he's not taking away anything from Alvin Kamara or so. What do you think Latavius he finishes either with the Saints? What do you think he finishes? Because he finished as tight end three on the year, right? Three or yeah, four? Three. three tight or four. end three. He was he was top five for sure. Yeah, top five. Where do you think he finishes? O- outside of, uh, I say fifteen. Wow. Outside of 15. Like that much of a drop? I think he. You don't think that's pretty much what the tight ends have done in I think the he drops since. But, far. But do you because think... I don't believe I don't believe in his skill. I I think he's he's a <laughs> he's a decent tight end. But the only reason why he got so much um hype or so much recognition is because last, it's because last season so many of the elite tight ends were injured and he was just he he fit that slot because he was making more points off of uh, well, more than all these injured he was a safety ends. blanket for Derek for Derek and Carr yeah Derek but Carr was just dumping it off but he, nobody he, else but you think it, I mean Drew Brees I mean we know he's gonna decline and he needs a little safety blanket big dude short seven yard pass don't you think he might get some I guess, and I do, I do understand that. But with, that's where Michael Thomas. And I do, Alvin I do, win, I do understand that 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 uh, viewpoint because uh, Drew Brees before has liked his tight ends, uh, like uh, Jimmy Graham, for example, mm-hmm. and he does like his tight ends. But that was just, I'm saying that's just in the past. That's that's yeah. just past, and I don't think the I don't, new offense. I don't is think the new offense way. scheme is gonna is gonna uh, accommodate for that, especially since he has these. These weapons on his team now, like he's he's has that chemistry with Michael Thomas, and he knows Michael Thomas can go out for a pass, or he's Michael Thomas is his safety, in my in my opinion. So if he needs someone to catch it, I I'm pretty sure he's targeting Michael Thomas nine times out of ten. If he needs to just dump off the ball or Alvin Kamara, he yeah. can just toss it off to Alvin Kamara, or even just give it to you know Latavius Murray also. So I, I really don't think that he's gonna. He's not going to have a repeat season, and I think he's going to decline uh, pretty big. He's thirty-five, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a pretty reasonable take. I think I think that's a. Unfortunately, he's on your team. Yeah, that's that's why I've been trying to get rid of him, but I, nobody kind of wants I mean, him. I'll trade him for him. We'll, oh, talk, we'll talk. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk. Um, I think it's a pretty reasonable take. I, I don't think any. Any of us like know who finished? No, uh, Dan no. Arnold, Josh Hill. Those have been the kind of guys. I mean, tight ends are so inconsistent. Like, yeah. so, so, like it's just hard to tell. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I'm gonna go to mine. Uh, I have written down to talk about Drew Brees uh, because we all saw after the Week 12 game against the Rams where he got hit by Aaron Donald, like how much his shoulder was affected. His his, his deep throwing like decreased by about like three or four attempts a game, which is huge. That's like a, that's like a 15%, 20% share of his like downfield throws because he just couldn't make the throws. Cause I think he was hurt. Yeah. Uh, so I think his shoulder is probably going to be fine, but he's also 38. And and I think it's going to start catching up with Drew Brees. I had also wrote down Lindsay because it's so historic. What we've seen an undrafted free agent do at his size and weight. I don't think another running back, season like what he had it is possible maybe he gets injured or maybe they just tone down his touches do you think royce freeman moves up eh, i uh, hope that's why i'm holding on to him that's why i made a move for him <laughs> but, but i think denver's offense is going to struggle i think denver's going to struggle a lot um their defense is going to be good under fangio but they're, they're going to struggle I, I i wrote down alshon because of like the lingering soft tissue issues 
and even more so with how good J-Jaw's playing, like, J-Jaw's going to demand to be on the field. Like, yeah. the coaches are going to need to put him on the field. I also wrote down AJ Green. We see the injuries. We see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I've mentioned all these guys. None of them is what I'm going to focus on. I figure all, I've, all those guys, all those takes are pretty pretty tame, pretty timid. There's something that I think most of us could, with, with simple logic and reasoning, can come up with. I'm going to talk about the Cleveland offense and one player in particular. So Cleveland's offense, everybody wants to be a part of it. They're, they're the hottest team in the NFL, right? Like outside of the Chiefs, uh-huh. everybody wants to be with, with, with Baker Mayfield, right? They got Nick Chubb. Odell Chuck, Beckham. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis Landry is going to have huge regression this year. His season is not going to be similar to what we've seen in the past. So we already saw his value go down when he went to Cleveland in his first year because he was no longer the primary target, getting 100 targets out of the slot because he was Miami's offense. Yeah, he was he was their offense for a few years. Adam Gase just force-fed him the ball because he was the only player on their team doing stuff. So he came to Cleveland. He still did well. He averaged about nine targets a game every game last season. Baker Mayfield averaged about 38 pass attempts. Now the thing is... Some of those games were 40, 45 pass attempts, and those are the games they were losing. Whereas the games that they were winning, uh, as Freddie Kitchens being the play caller, he dialed back the passing. He was smart. He's a, he's a good OOC, and now he's the head coach. I think he understands that, that you got to run, and when you're winning, you keep running. You know, you throw the play action in there. So I think Baker's attempts are actually going to come down on the year because I think their team is good enough. And of those, let's say let's say Baker averages like 35, tar- 35 attempts a game. So then we've got Odell Beckham. I think Odell's getting like 10, 10 targets a game. I'm bullish on David Njoku. I think he's, it's his third year. It's time for him to break out. So I think Njoku's going to be like a solid red zone and intermediate target. Nick Chubb is the next best superstar running back. He's amazing. And if they bring in change of pace running back when Kareem Hunt's back, we've seen Kareem Hunt can be a, can be a pass catcher. Uh, I think Hollywood Higgins is underrated because of the connection that him and that him and Baker have. They're friends mm-hmm. and, and they throw each other well. Now I don't want to disparage Landry's talent, but bless on a, you, bless but, you. <laughs> on, on about ten targets a game, which I think is going to go down to maybe like eight targets a game. I don't think Landry can be that productive. I think he's gonna maybe catch what four or five of those targets 60 70 yards every week mm-hmm. and i think that's it like we're not gonna see landry being the number one target getting 100 yards a game or or being the primary red zone because if they're in the red zone you're going to chubb if you're not going to chubb go to go to odell like i mean you have odell yeah, yeah. and if you're not going to go to odell use your big body mismatch in david and joku so i think Landry, while he's still going to be the second receiver and probably get a lot of targets, I don't think the production is going to be there. And I know I might be crazy. I might be totally wrong. Maybe the the Cleveland offense scores 40 points a game and they all they all feast like like the Chiefs did last year. Um, I hope you're wrong because I have stock in Landry my other day. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's my that's my call. Like because I'm I'm trying to look ahead to something that yeah. maybe I don't see coming. I and see I see the regression and and like you said, he was getting seven or eight targets a game, I think, or nine. He, he was getting nine point six. 
So I think that drops down to so seven or eight. Seven or eight. I think less. I think maybe six. Ooh. Six targets. Wow. But I think the guy, the talent is there. He's not going to do the same numbers, but he, he, you're not going to put him as a as a wide receiver one or two. He's he's borderline two or three. You know, he's 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 a supporting cast now. Correct. He's he, like if if you have him, use him correctly. Don't put him as your one. Like he's your he's your two or three. He's your supporting cast. Yeah. And but the guy the guy's talented. The guy you said he's going to regress, but the talent is still there. He's still going to get his. Okay, so let me, I, I don't want to be too crazy. I, I don't think he's going to finish as like a wide receiver four or something. But but I think in the past couple of years he's been a wide receiver two. He's been a, he's been a top thirty receiver. Sometimes a one. Yeah, and I think that that's that's not going to happen. Last, yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. I, I see it. I see it. Okay, I get you. I get cool. you. All right. Well, uh, we're running short on time, so let's let's kind of speed this up a little bit for our final section. I wanted us to try and give everybody a preview of the twenty twenty draft class. Now you guys say, well, we're about to start. We're barely about to start the 2020 NFL season. I haven't. I don't know who any of these people are. I'm not looking at them. I don't know who, who their names or something. And that's why your fantasy team sucks because you're not scouting these guys two years in advance. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Exactly. I'm just, be, I'm just being a jerk. Exactly. Um, so what we thought we could do is talk about a couple names. We're gonna eat. We're gonna talk about three guys who are right now ranked inside the top 20 dynasty rookies that are gonna be coming in in 2020. And then we're going to talk about like one or two sleepers who we think you can keep an eye out on on Saturdays for like when college is playing. Maybe they don't go up the rankings, but you can see something on tape, see something on the field that says, hey, a year from now, that's the guy I want on my team. Uh, why don't you start us off, Jake, with uh, your your top one of your top 20 ranked guys that you you already in love with. So my guy that I picked in the uh, top 20 is Justin Herbert. Ooh, quarterback. So, yeah, Justin Herbert, that's the, that's the guy I was looking for, and, and that's the guy throughout all these highlights. I got excited. I just love the way he plays. He's amazing. He's just He knows how to read um, defenses. He knows how to read situations, and he knows when to run at the right times, and he knows when to pass at the right times. He has excellent... Uh, reading and playmaking skills. Uh, I know that uh, Tua is getting all the all the hype right now, and I, I don't know if it's dude. Tank for Tua. Tank for Tua. Seriously, Tua is getting a lot of uh, I guess publicity hey, hey, wait, or whatever. That's my guy. That's my guy. I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. But uh, yeah, just based off of that, I think Justin Herbert is the guy that you guys need to be looking for, especially if you're in a situation that you need a quarterback, and I think he's gonna be. Coming into the season, off off of the rookie draft, coming in swinging because he, I think he just can fit any scheme out there, any any offensive scheme, especially if you if he gets drafted by the Colts, I think he becomes beastly, and I just I I'm I'm full on on the Justin train for real. Ooh, you think better than Tua? I think better than Tua. I I really do believe he he will be better than Tua. He's definitely much more prototypical. He's got that six six size. He's like two two thirty two two forty. Whereas Tua Tua is a lot smaller. But I I just think he because both of them are are I feel like they're both the same skill level because they both be they both run and pass at the same time. They they uh, Tua is not more. Uh, run first like like a like a Kyler Murray or whatever because I, I just I don't like that they're both 
a, a well balance of both. They can they can both run and they can both pass. I just think that Justin Herbert has more accuracy, more precision. There have been plenty of uh, of plays and highlights where he threads the needle so so precisely that it, it's just it's ridiculous. You you have no idea how he made that throw. How and 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 I think Tua is. Uh, Tua is helped with his supporting cast with uh, yeah. Jerry uh, uh, Judy, I believe, and uh, Jerry Judy just knows how to get open. So he just he gets open. Yeah, does, and does Oregon have a receiver that's getting drafted in the top ten? No, no exactly. Bama so does. so, but he can still get it to his receivers even if they're double covered, triple covered, or whatever. And he threads the needle like so precisely. And and also on top of it, I think he's just he's a better runner than than Tua. Mm, I think what. I think he's a better runner than Tua because he runs, he runs. I feel like he, they both have the same amount of speed, but I think Justin knows when to run to extend, run, not to extend the play, but run to gain yardage just enough, not to the level where it risks his, his health, where Mm -hmm. he can get injured. I think Tua risks it a little bit oh, more. Tua does. He lo- he loves looking for the big play and he makes splash so plays he does. because of it. And but. I I I respect that that you know he makes he makes those big plays, but I feel like that's going to hinder him when he goes into the NFL and that's going to make make him a more probability of getting injured and not playing games. Well, that's a little bit crazy, but I'll, I'll take that. Herbert over Tua. Last question for you, Jake then. You're in you're in the the 2020 rookie draft. All right, we're at Arturo's house <laughs> or whoever's <laughs> house we are at uh, for the 2020 rookie draft. Where are you aiming to take Justin Herbert? Uh, I would like to take him. Um, if you if you could pick the, the the perfect spot, what pick? I say third. I would pick him third, third. overall. No, no, no. A third round. Third round. I would pick him in the third round. If, okay. If I could, if I could take him in the third round, I'd take him in the third round. I think he's going to the second. But I'm. That's how I have him projected going in the second. And, okay, cause, and cause if what? I if I have the pick in the second, I'll take him. Okay, so mid-second. Because, uh, what, Kyler Murray went 206 this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, Baker Mayfield went 201. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, 201. 201. So, I got Lamar Jackson in the second, I think. You got Lamar Jackson in the second. Josh Rosen went at 16, so at the last pick in the first. So we've seen quarterbacks in that late first, early yes. second. Do you think you'd be willing to pay a late first for Herbert? Because it looks like that might be where Tua's going. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I would take. I would. I would take a reach at, if he lands at, on the Colts. At, at let if he. It, okay, yeah. If he lands on the Colts, for sure, late, late first. I would. I would. I would totally. Ta- I would totally take that. Any other situation, I don't know. I'd probably be a little bit hesitant. But if he lands on the Colts, I'm for sure taking that shot. All right. Well, let's keep an eye out on what uh, what happens with Justin Herbert. Uh, why don't you tell us about Jonathan Taylor, Francisco? Jonathan Taylor, he is running back from the for the Wisconsin Badgers. Yep, he's twenty years old. He's five eleven, weighs about two fifteen of muscle. <laughs> uh, last year, two thousand eighteen, he rushed for two thousand one hundred and ninety four yards. And they had a they had a, like I think they had like a losing record. Like the team sucks, but that guy's amazing. Like he just runs. Like you're looking at Saquon two point Wow, Saquon 2.0. Maybe not that. I'm okay. Maybe okay, it's a stretch. Because, because the, the one knock on Jonathan Taylor is that he doesn't have the receiving game. Yeah. Like okay, he yeah. Like, he's behind that he, powerful offensive he, line. He, but he can run. The guy can run. The guy's a beast. He's going to pound the ball. 
he's going to go early next year. One of your top running backs. Keep that name in mind. Jonathan Taylor. I'll draft him in the first round. Okay. How high would you draft him? I got to see. I got to see. It all depends. As of right now, I would draft him in the first round. Wait, I have whatever I finish. I'll, no. Whatever my pick is. <laughs> what, like, would you, would you, because right now, Jonathan Taylor and Mox for the 2020 draft is going top five. Do you think do you think that's a reasonable price? Yeah, I think five. I think five because because okay. it all depends on your on your roster construction because you might need a like wide receiver like you mentioned wide receivers are, are more valuable in dynasty. So, Ooh, but running backs it, this this is the class to get running backs. So the only reason that Jonathan Taylor is not one hundred and one is because of some of the other guys that are in this draft. If Jonathan Taylor was in our draft, he he should have gone first or second, like. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is a hugely talented running back. Yeah, uh, I personally am a, a little afraid of running backs coming out of Wisconsin because they have such a good O-line compared to the rest of their division. But I think Jonathan Taylor, like, it doesn't matter. He he's is a real de- He's a real deal. He's a real deal. I mean, if you look at the highlights, it, whatever highlights you look, I mean, there are, you're going to see the best. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, But the guy's great. The guy's great, great. Yeah, he's got great contact balance. He lowers the center of gravity. He he doesn't mind running running in between the tackles or outside the tackles. He's probably going to fit better in like an inside zone scheme. That like from from my notes that I have about Jonathan Taylor, um, but he he does not mind taking hits. He yeah, he'll fine. lower his shoulder and lower his shoulder, and take the hit and just power it in. Yeah, pound that ball in. So I guess maybe what are we looking for, Jonathan Taylor, this season? Because he's already locked in. We, we think he's going to be a top five. Just not get hurt, bro. Don't get <laughs> hurt. Don't get hurt. It, if we see him add to his receiving game, Wisconsin doesn't throw the ball that much, right? So if he if he gets like 20, 30 receptions. Well, we'll see where he lands because it all depends. You know, it, it all depends where he lands. So where does, where, what, what, team, what he, team would he land on to get the most value and what team would he land on? Yeah, and, uh, and also if they're value. utilizing him like that. Well, if a team doesn't utilize him on the... If he lands in Houston, he's got to be in consideration for 101. Yeah, I, yeah. I would believe that. Of course. Especially yeah. in, that, in that situation. All right, cool. Well, Jonathan Taylor, uh, top five running back, amazing talent. Go, go look at his scouting report. Um, go watch his highlights. But see, maybe... He doesn't fall into the best of situations, and so you're not looking at him at 101, and you can get good value on a player who's talented enough to be the 101. All right, my my guy, I, I'm obviously biased. I, I always skew my, my preferences towards wide receivers, so I'm going to talk about Clemson wide receiver T. Higgins. All right, so Justin Ross gets a lot of traction. Everybody's talking about Justin Ross the, coming out in the 2021 class. Uh, alongside his compatriot Trevor Lawrence, who the is quarterback, just the next, the next, uh, the next Andrew Tom, Luck, Andrew Luck, Tom Brady, <laughs> the next great quarterback to come the out. Next. But Trevor Lawrence is so good, and T. Higgins compliments him so well. T. Higgins had almost a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns last year, and that's in the ACC. So that's the toughest division in football. We saw what Clemson did to Alabama in the, in the national them. championship last year. Part of that was on the back of T. Higgins. Alabama corners who are starting in the NFL now can't cover him. I think the best part about Higgins is that he doesn't win one way. His route running isn't the great, isn't the greatest. I would call it functional or adequate, um, but it's good enough. 
He has speed to burst out of his cuts. His acceleration is good. His hands are really good. He can win at the top of his route using using uh, his size and strength and his strong hands. Or he can win underneath or catch the ball and then win after the catch. Just because, I don't know, I'm not going to compare him to like AJ Green or something like that. But I think that's where like the player comp is. A player who's fast, strong, tall, and with good hands. He's not the superstar. He's not Jerry Judy, you know? He's not the burner like Jalen Rieger. But he's really good. And I think because of having Justin Ross next to him and because of Etienne in that backfield and Clemson, that people might sleep a little bit on T. Higgins and not realize how good of a receiver he is. Maybe he doesn't crack a 1,000 yards you know, and so then people don't see that huge level of production and go after somebody like LaVisca Chenault, who's just going to dominate Colorado's receptions. Mm-hmm. But T. Higgins, I promise you, keep an eye on him. I think he's going to be a good NFL player, even better than he was in college. All so right. those are our three top guys to keep an eye on. Um, let's throw two other names out there of, of guys who are maybe sleepers. Jake, you had one you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, uh, I can't pronounce this guy's last name, but it's Albert Okwegbunam. Bunam. I don't know. I don't know how it says. Okwegbunam? Yeah, there we go. All right, that sounds about right. Yeah, I saw this guy. Um, hey, wait, wait, wait. Here's a shout out to Tony. How do you say it in French? <laughs> if only Tony was here. He's a expert on uh, French terminology. Um, but yeah, I saw this guy and he's just, he's a beast at the tight end position. He's just when I saw him and I saw the highlights that he played, I saw another Gronk. I'm I, that's I'm calling it. Whoa! I saw another Gronk because he's just he's so massive and he plays you know he he plays that tight end position perfectly, so versatile and whatsoever. And no matter who gets uh, matched up with him, it's always a constant mismatch. So when he's ever going up for the red zone, he's always catching it. He's just such a massive dude. And um, he can run, he's got hands, and he's got good route running. And then on top of it, he's great at uh, pass blocking. And uh, he's just, to me, he's just the perfect tight end that you want. And I think, for me, I'm just making a bold prediction. I think he's going to be one of the tight ends that doesn't take as long as a normal, regular tight end to develop for a team. I think he comes out pretty strong in year one of his rookie season ready to go yeah i think he comes out okay ready to go and you know it's crazy like this tight end class is not really looked at the same way like in 2020 as as like 19 because we had fant irv smith and hawk and because of so many good running backs and wide receivers uh do you think that okwegbinem might be a value like where where might you first start wanting to to try and target him in the draft? Obviously, we don't know landing spot or anything. I say I say for sure he does he does hold value. Um, once again, he, he for for me, you know, he he is a sleeper and he's valued uh, below the the top twenty. But I feel like I would start looking at him during the second round. Okay. I would start looking f- for him around there. Like to, reach for that guy. Yeah, that you try like. to try to reach for him. Because I, I, I personally feel like that he's a true sleeper and people are not really paying attention to him too as much just because of the position that he's in and whatnot. And pe- a lot of people don't value tight ends at that point. But just the way he plays the game and plays his position, I 
personally believe that he's Gronk 2.0. And, and he can have an impact right away. Yeah, he can have an impact right away on your team. All right. Well, good, some good insight right there from Jake Beltran. Um, our last sleeper that we want to talk about is Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wide receiver for Michigan. Um, he In 2017, he was the number one ranked wide receiver in the country coming out of high school, and he got recruited. And, and he's got size, speed. He had, he had everything. There was a reason he was the number one ranked wide receiver. And then he didn't show anything on the field. Um, he's had really underwhelming performances. He's got all the physical tools, but it doesn't seem like it's translated onto the field. Could it be system or could it be distractions? What? Well, you don't know. Good, good questions. I actually think if you start looking at the game logs and start looking at the tape, towards the end of last season, he started to put it together. Harbaugh's offense at, in, uh, in Michigan has been really like boring i don't want to say that but they've just been like hit him in the mouth and throw a fade yeah you know or like throw a slant nothing nothing like exciting nothing that that we're seeing the rpos the spread the run and shoot you know the mesh concepts that that are dominating college and are and are already in the nfl um but towards the end of the season he's i mean patterson's not very good quarterback but i think he started to get a little more rapport and we saw him have a couple hundred yard games to close the season out. Um, where, where I'm looking at players, though, is I know it's dumb, but I always look at other stuff. He He's consistently had a 3.9 GPA. He's one of the high character guys in the locker room that, that Harbaugh talks about. And I think mentally he's got it. And every year he's done better. So I think maybe the pressure of being that number one ranked overall play uh, wide receiver, 12th overall ranked coming in out of high school going into a system that doesn't favor wide receivers and with a quarterback who's not really the greatest i think all that hampered him and i think it may hamper him still i i think once the season's over he's not going to be ranked as a top 10 wide receiver much less a top 20 player but i think he's skilled he's talented i think he can win at every level and if you want somebody to look at I'm looking at Donovan Peoples-Jones in the early second round because I think no matter where he's taken in the NFL, he's going to win his starting spot. And I think he's going to he's gonna show how good he is. Talent overtakes everything. Right? Talent over situation all the time. All right. Uh, any closing remarks, Jake? Francisco? <clears throat> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can find me. On social media, <laughs> I know you're not everybody's in it, but uh, I'm on Instagram, Adventure So Francisco Hill. Uh, listen to my uh, other two podcasts, the F- uh, Fantasy Xers. Um, we talk about this league and some of the episodes, and then uh, and then the Beans and Coffee podcast. You guys can uh, listen to that one as well. I start off with the first episode and just have some fun of our crazy lives that we talk about. All right. What about any closing remarks from you, Jake? Uh, no, nothing else. Just, uh, everything, everything I needed to say needed to be said. Uh, just can't wait for the actual regular season to begin so that I can finally see how my rookies turn out. See if I got to sell them now <laughs> or keep them. But, uh, yeah, just excited to get this season started off. Uh, I love doing this podcast and, uh, I'm super glad that, uh, you guys are enjoying it as well. And then you guys are actually supporting it and actually like listening to it and, and favoring it a lot and actually asking for more and more episodes. So yeah.
uh, make more future episodes and bring on new uh, guests from throughout uh, our league and whatnot. So, yeah, just excited for the future. Cool. I, I love what you said right there. If anybody has some ideas for something they want to hear on the podcast or somebody wants to be on, on the podcast, they want to come in. Uh, Francisco Hill, I want to say he was a consummate professional today. He knows what he's doing. He has a great voice. He has some good takes. He was prepared for the podcast. You may not be, but we still want you on here. <laughs> exactly. um, no, same thing. I want you guys to come over to my podcast. But you always record on Saturday mornings. <laughs> not always. Not always. It's just I have to record when... Just when, whenever works. Whenever I have a, a, a gap. Whenever I have a little bit of time. Speaking of time, uh, I think we've taken you away from your wife and your family too long. So yeah. let's go ahead and close this out. Please uh, jump on the chat. Tell us what you thought of the Seacoast Dynasty League magazine. Do you like where you were ranked? Do you disagree with somebody else's ranking? And don't forget, uh, what's your first favorite animal? What's your second favorite animal? Thank you for listening to the Seacoast Dynasty League podcast. Peace. Peace out.